This is GKW. Welcome into another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. I am Gabe Nitzel from ESPN Milwaukee, along with Brian Rowitz from ESPN in West Palm. And of course, the new chairman of the board. He's throwing his hat in the ring right away. Jonathan Hood, ESPN 1000 in Chicago. And boys, that's where we start. I mean, this is the biggest news in wrestling. When any time wrestling news ends up on the front page of ESPN.com, that's kind of where we have to start the podcast. Of course, the allegations coming out against uh, Vince McMahon, the, the story that he paid um, somebody he had an affair with, who was a WWE employee, $3 million, apparently $1 million up front, and then $2 million over the next five years, uh, that she cannot say anything. She cannot talk about their uh, relationship. She can't say anything bad about Vince McMahon. This led to an investigation from the board at WWE, which has uncovered a number of other potential uh, payoffs for Vince. The question now becoming, did he use WWE money for this? It appears he used his own money for the payoffs uh, and for the non-disclosure agreements that he made these women sign. But it's not a good day for WWE with the story coming out from the Wall Street Journal. Well, there's no question about that. Um, and I, you are right, Gabe. We have to find out whether or not the money was used. Was it If it was through the WWE coffers, that's a major problem. It's a publicly uh, funded company, and you really just can't do that. And to know that John Laurinaitis is also part of this as well, uh, the way it read is as if this uh, woman that's alleging that this happened was also involved with John Laurinaitis. It's just uh, a disaster for the WWE, not from a PR standpoint, but just internally, a company that should be able to know better, they have, they just don't. Um, and so the WWE has been in scandals before with Vince McMahon. There was sexual assault uh, claims with Pat Patterson and Terry Garvin uh, with on-air talent, hitting on talent, hitting on wrestlers in the mid-80s. There was the Mel Phillips ring announcer scandal in which he was sexually assaulting ring boys. There was the steroid trial from the early 1990s. There was also Orrin Hart's death in Kansas City. Uh, so I, I got to tell you, my initial reaction to this is, is that I was not surprised that this story came out um, because we know that Vince McMahon has been in controversies before and is able to get around these controversies. However, it's just a different day in 2022. The idea that there was a non-disclosure agree agreement, you were um, having a affair a non-marital affair, an extramarital affair with an uh, employee. Um, that says a lot about McMahon and the WWE right now. I'm not sure how they get uh, around this at all this time, Brian. Well, yeah, that's the thing, though. Like, you mentioned all those past scandals, and that was a different WWE. Like, back then, you could dismiss the WWF. It's like, oh, that's just that circus stuff. That's just pro wrestling. This is a publicly traded company now. This is someone that deals with NBC and Universal and Make-A-Wish and all these foundations. I think that really changes things this time around. Well, in the steroid scandal that you mentioned, Jay Hood, that went to trial, they're, they're in partnership with a media company, WWE, is to turn that into a TV series. Like, <laughs> they're taking that scandal, and now they're making money off of it. But I, I agree with Jay Hood, where this news drops, and, I mean, you see some of the numbers involved, and you're going, whoa. And it's obviously from that prospect. But the shocking part is is this seems like it's a leak coming from the board, which is loaded with McMahon family members, people that Vince McMahon has put into place. That's where the surprising aspect, at least for me, that this is coming from. It looks like it's a leak from the board because they're the ones who know about it. They're the ones who are in, you know, putting out the investigation, trying to find out more information, not only about this case in particular, but the past ones that may or may not have involved John Laurinaitis as well. Now, it is worth noting, that Vince McMahon, I, I can't imagine he goes anywhere. Like, he would have to step down on his own accord. He has the controlling interest in the company. He has the controlling votes. Like, so it's not like he can be voted out. That's That does not seem like to me that like it would some, be something that would happen. And Vince stepping down on his own accord also seems like it wouldn't happen. So it seems like they're already setting up potentially for a fall guy John Laurinaitis takes the fall, and then WWE goes on with some sort of statement about how they're going to try to be better, right? Like, that seems to be the end yeah. game here. 
I do find it interesting the timing of Stephanie McMahon stepping away from the WWE a month ago. Now, she was a major part of the company. Now, she's still on the board. We want to make sure people understand that she's still part of the board of directors, but just the idea that she stepped away from the company. And also, Vince McMahon not saying good things about uh, his daughter and in what the, the job that she was doing. I found that to be interesting as well. Uh, so I thought that uh, Stephanie, I'm sure, guys, kind of knew that this was coming down. And all of a sudden, she kind of just uh, disappears from the company for a while. Yeah, I mean, this year alone, I mean, Shane, Stephanie, Triple H, like all of them have sort of stepped away or removed themselves in some shape or form. And it's only, you know, June right now. So I think there is something to that. And to Gabe's point about the board, the board's only about, I think, 12 people. So mm -hmm. it obviously came from somewhere. And half of those are McMahons. Like that might speak to something also about the working environment that is the WWE right now. Absolutely. So what and do you... So what do you think, Abe? You think that, I mean, so Vince is always going to be there until he dies. Even with mm -hmm. this scandal, he's not stepping away from the company. Uh, and because there's so many McMahons on the board, I think that they'll back him as well. But I think it's interesting right now that Nick Khan, who's part of the WWE as the president, continues to try to find ways to raise the price you know, having stadium shows and all these television deals. I strongly believe that WWE will sell at some point. Uh, but if they want to sell, this would be a great time with the yeah. scandal. But I believe at some point, probably during the existence of this show, I believe that WWE will sell to the highest bidder. Ooh. you I uh, See, I, I go back and forth on that all the time because you said – Vince McMahon is going to die in gorilla position. Like he's just going to be, he, he, and he's planning on being there tomorrow night. Like there's scandal all around him. And the reports are, he is going to be at SmackDown tomorrow night. So I, like part of me, just as a fan from the outside, seeing Vince McMahon and the way he operates, like the, the thought of WWE being sold and the thought of him getting that much money, like that's appealing to him but actually selling and actually cashing in like to me, he would just much rather for his ego, like, Oh, look at this company I bought from my dad in 1982. Look how much I could have sold this for. I, I just have a hard time believing Vince McMahon as controlling as he is at the end of the day, even embroiled in scandal, like he, like he is right now. And this may get worse. We'll find out in the future. I have a hard time believing that at the end of the day, he would actually go, yeah, I'm going to sell this company because then he loses control. And, and, and I just don't see that from Vince. See, I completely agree with you, Gabe. Like I don't see him ever stepping away, but in today's day and age, like could talk about like this being a different culture, there could be that conversation where I don't know who it is, but someone's like, Hey, you can't do this anymore. Like we don't want to take the power away. Somehow they find a way. Like you need to be the one, if you want to seem like you're in control, you're the one making the decision to sell but you can't be the face of this company anymore. But who is that? Who is that, Jay Hood? Who can have that right. conversation with Vince? Well, none of his family members, because <laughs> going back to the Pat McAfee interview, he's down on Triple H, down on Shane, down on Stephanie, definitely down on Stephanie now, because Stephanie's job, for those that need to, to understand, Steph was supposed to be in a position to try to get more and more um, sponsors to be part of the WWE. And UFC's done a great job of getting their sponsors. The WWE's got their share of sponsors, but they're not making the revenue that they thought that they would from a sponsorship standpoint. And that was Steph's job. And it just hasn't come to fruition. And Vince has been down on her. As a matter of fact, Stephanie's been replaced at, as, in that position uh, of someone supposed to get sponsorships for the WWE. So I'm not sure who that's gonna have, who's going to have that conversation. It's not Triple H either. They took yep. NXT away from him while he was sick. Right. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so, so, so Nick Khan, like the guy he brought in from the outside, I, I, I can't imagine that Nick Khan's that guy. I mean, Shawn Michaels is now the, the face, I guess, of the creative of NXT 2.0. Can't imagine it's going to be coming from good old HBK, some sort of come to Jesus heart to heart moment with Vince. So that's, that's another reason why I have a hard time believing he sells at the end of the day, because even if it's the best business decision for Vince, I don't see anybody talking him into it. I don't see anybody there that could actually have that conversation to that he might. And, and it's not even like, oh, he's going to listen to this person. It's at this point, oh, he might listen to this person. And I don't even think that person exists. Let's go back in time for context, Brian. Uh, we talked about Mel, the Mel Phillips scandal, the sexual assault with um, 
uh, Pat Patterson and, and Terry Garvin, the allegations there backstage and behind the scenes, steroid trial, Owen Hart's death. But there's one other one that we don't hear enough about and that we want to talk about here just momentarily. 1992, there was a show that was hosted by Geraldo Rivera, Now It Can Be Told. And it was talking about uh, Rita Chatterton. She was the first female referee in the WWE. She had a, uh, quite the story to tell. I know Vince unzipped his pants. This woman claims McMahon told her sex was part of her job. It was worth a half a million dollars a year. Her story when we continue our investigation in a moment. His pants. And he took my hand and he kept putting my hand on his on his penis. He started telling me that uh, he knew I didn't have a job. I had left Frito-Lay because of him. He knew that I had a daughter and that he could either make me or break me. The choice was mine. And he made me have oral sex with... And he started to get really excited. And I pulled away and he got really angry and said that it was worth a half a million dollars a year. And when I said no, he said that I'd better satisfy him. And he started pulling my pants off. And he pulled me on top of him. And he satisfied himself through intercourse. Afterwards, Rita Marie said she worked for the WWF only three or four more times. Now, uh, the Rita Chatterton told that story to Geraldo Rivera on Now It Can Be Told. She did not go to the police. Uh, the WWE sued Rita for defamation, and the WWE eventually dropped the lawsuit because that was right up against the steroid trial. And so Jerry McDivitt, the longtime attorney for the WWE, said, okay, let's drop this. We got to make sure that we're ready for the steroid trial. So even though uh, she told her side of the story, Vince and the WWE didn't like that. They try to sue her, and then they drop the lawsuit. So yeah, and, the, the reason why we, we want to give that we want to give that context because, as we mentioned, there's been scandals a lot in the WWE during Vince McMahon's tenure. Well, you got to imagine that this is certainly. I mean, and, and don't know if Rita signed it, and you know, a, a non-disclosure, you know, back in the early '90s or not. But you got to imagine that these these are the type of things, and this wasn't something that you had to dig that hard to find Jay hood. You remembered it happening. Like it doesn't seem like the board is going to have any sort of issues having their private investigator come up with more instances of misconduct by Vince McMahon and other members of, uh, of WWF or WWE. But I think it's different. Also just, you know, you follow the dollars, the dollars make sense there. Like Fox, like they are on national TV. Now if Fox says, listen, like, you can't run this company and be on our network. If NBC says, hey, you can't be on Peacock and, you know, do all this sort of stuff, like that's the type of stuff that forces him out, that sort of pushes him out the door because it's a different world. Like you're not just, oh, pro wrestling. Like, you know, you laugh at the people that watch it. You are publicly traded. You are dealing with these multi-billion dollar companies. It's a different standard now. And like not saying that what was right then is not right now. Like it's all wrong. Right. It's just held to a sure. different standard now with the role that you're in. Yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, there's the, the reason that WWE in their last quarterly report had such great numbers, $1.1 billion, $181 million of revenue, is because of these TV contracts. That's how sports, you know, that's how sports make all their money. WWE is included in that. You know, the NFL salary cap goes up and up and up because they sell their, their you know, their product for that much money on these networks. And these are the same networks dealing with WWE, clearly not as a high of a monetary level, but they're still investing their dollars into WWE. And you're hundred percent right, Brian. Like that's, that's the only way is if they start threatening to pull them off of Peacock, because that's a great deal for them. If they start threatening to pull them off Fox, which has been such a good deal for WWE, that's when you, you can actually have that serious conversation of whether or not Vince McMahon is going to be leading WWE into the future. I mean, in the era of Harvey Weinstein and so many others that have been involved in scandals, and it's not about cancel cultures, it's about what's right. Mm -hmm. And again, 
if these if these stories are accurate from the Wall Street Journal and from those that are around the board of directors for the WWE, like again, I don't know how this ends. I I, I would agree with you, Gabe, that I believe Lauren Nice will be the fall guy. But again, Vince is a guy here that feels like he's done no wrong. He I mean he's Teflon. He's a sort of, he's, all the things that we've talked about. He's been able to survive. And it, and you're right, Brian. It is a, it was a different time. It wasn't taken seriously enough. But in 2022, when we're aware of all this and things that shouldn't have been happening, man, the, I mean, the cover-ups and the trail will end at some point where it's like, you just can't do these things anymore. So we'll see how this ends. Yeah, we certainly will. Uh, excited to talk about some other things uh, other than this in the world of professional wrestling. But that's the top story. That's where we had to lead. Again, anytime oh, yeah. um, you know, professional wrestling is being talked about on the Wall Street Journal front page of ESPN.com, clearly something that's going to lead off here at GKW. But something else we like to do, Brian, after that is our other top three stories in the world of professional wrestling. We like to call it the three count. All right, guys, we'll start on the bottom as well. Jeff Hardy this week arrested for the third time in the last three years due to DUI. AEW has suspended him without pay until he completes treatment and maintaining his sobriety. Is the time Jeff Hardy moves on from pro wrestling? I would say yes. If if he can't professionally wrestle without self-medicating, then then I think it's time. But if, if he can somehow use his brother or the support system that AEW now would have, you know, there for him, you know, I, I hope he figures out whatever he's going through, man, because this is it, it's been a lot for him to go through the, the addiction issues he's gone through to go through the alcohol issues he's gone through. I hope he figures it out. And and I think everybody who's a fan of professional wrestling has been a fan of Jeff Hardy certainly wants him to be able to figure this out. Well, we've got so many things that we got to tackle here on GKW, but of course the forbidden door is right around the corner in Chicago in an A town like Chicago uh, <laughs> at the Allstate <laughs> arena and new Japan is on the front burner as so as well as AEW guys. Yeah. So we're going to welcome in. We have a special guest on this week's good karma wrestling. We welcome, welcome in from new Japan pro wrestling from the United Empire. He is one half of the IWGP Tag Team Champions, one of just four days ago at Dominion. We welcome in Jeff Cobb. What's going on, guys? What up, bro? What's up? Welcome to GKW. Oh, thanks for having me on. Well, we so on you, first of all, go, go ahead, Gabe, because well, I, I was going to say, I'm the target. I mean, yellow pad. I got all this stuff for Jeff Cobb. He's all right ahead. Uh, Jeff, I mean, let's, let's, I mean, you, you just won, you know, for the second time, IWGP tag team championship coming up Sunday, June 26th, just 10 days away forbidden door. I got to imagine you're anticipating you're going to eventually be on that card, right? Um, I would assume so. Uh, you know, I, I've been tagged a lot in, uh, social media stuff about saying like, a uh, uh, FTR should put up the ring of honor tag tag champions against us uh we should put up our iwgp tag champions against them then rapungi uh rapungi vice gets thrown in the mix somehow um i haven't been given official word uh but uh i'm gonna give you guys a little spoiler um it doesn't matter who it is because they're gonna get their ass whipped to myself and the great ocon <laughs> as simple as that as simple as okay that. i'm i'm writing that down right now so <laughs> Jeff, I, I need to find out from you because we've seen your career being part of New Japan and being part of that strong style. What was your, your initial reaction to being in New Japan and the type of wrestling that they have? How were you able to, to adjust? Um, well, it was it was definitely um, a big difference uh, coming from mainly doing indies uh, to my first tour of New Japan. Um, up until... I think it was a 2017 tag league was my first, um, my first, uh, I guess, tour with new Japan. And up until that point, pretty much I was just doing, um, indies every weekend, like three, four shows a week. Uh, just, you know, just trying to get my name out there and, um, trying to get, uh, more notoriety behind myself. And, uh, it was definitely, uh, a very humbling learning experience, um, going to that style. Um, I've loved that style uh, since I watched the like the old uh, UWFI, the old All Japan, um, some of the old New Japan stuff, like just the Japanese style. Um, it's 
it's such a it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful uh form of professional wrestling and and i i just love that style like the hard-hitting style that's definitely uh, I mean, if you've seen some of my matches, that's definitely my style. And I, I tend to veer more towards that now uh, just because I do it all the time. And I, I just love it. From a wrestling standpoint, obviously, it might be a little different with you involved in it. How fun is it to be part of something like Forbidden Door and get New Japan in front of some different eyes and get AEW in front of some different eyes as well? Um, I think it's a good um, it's a good uh, joint mutual thing that we're doing. Um, like you did mention um, you know, there's a lot of uh, AEW fans. Um, I mean, a lot of them do follow pretty much all of all of every every art, every form of professional wrestling. Um, and then, but then there also there's also a uh, a portion that doesn't know Japanese wrestling too well, whether it be um, any Japanese wrestling or let alone New Japan. Um, and then the same goes and vice versa. There's a lot of fans that are in Japan specifically that are just huge new japan fans or huge japanese wrestling fans that don't know the american side of it except with the exception of wwe um so it's good to have um that nice crossover it's like a cross promotion and i'm liking the fact that it is getting eyes on both products on both sides of the uh of the world so new japan pro wrestling aw forbidden doors coming up sunday june 26th but so many other New Japan Pro Wrestling events to keep an eye out for as well. If you're in Los Angeles, ignition taping happening on June 19th. If you're in Charlotte, July 24th, high alert is going to be happening there. Um, in, in your career, Jeff, you're also a part of Ring of Honor. You're a former world television champion for Ring of Honor. So when, when they decided to kind of shut everything down, were you glad that it eventually found a home and, and that Ring of Honor is going to be continuing at least with pay-per-views in the meantime and that legacy is going to continue? Uh, definitely. Um, Ring of Honor played a huge uh, part in my career. Um, I had a good, nice uh, year and a half run with them. And, you know, I got to meet and learn from some of the best minds in the wrestling business. Um, you know, guys like uh, Delirious and Jay Lethal, learning from them. You know, cause, I mean, when you think of Ring of Honor, you know, Jay Lethal is definitely ranked. I mean, you could put them in your Mount Rushmore of Ring of Honor if you want. Um, some people do. And just learning from him uh, was such a such a fun time. Uh, and you know, and even before my time in Ring of Honor, you know, Ring of Honor definitely played a huge factor in like professional wrestling as a whole. Um, you know, they had some of the best matches that I've I've witnessed, um, not firsthand, but like through DVDs and and the streaming service and whatnot. So uh, I I'm happy that Ring of Honor has a platform that they can showcase. Uh, some of the newer stars and at the same token hopefully we'll be able to see something like we'll be able to see some of the old stuff as well so i mean if it's a streaming service and that'd be great because i'd love to go back and watch some of the classic matches of ring of honor uh jeff who is your best friend in the business you got a lot of travels up and down the roads in the indies and also in new japan a ring of honor who's your guy in the business that you like to talk to that you rely on kind of lean on um um it, i think it kind of changes uh throughout um i guess it depends on where where i'm at or where i spend most of my time uh when i was starting out in in like bay or california area um you know I, I mean when i was starting off in hawaii um i had my little circle of buddies out there that i still con uh, still talk to this day uh when i moved out to like the west coast california um, I did a lot of traveling with uh, J.R. Kratos, who's on New Japan Strong, um, as well as Timothy Thatcher, uh, who was with NXT. And then now he's with, uh, I mean, I don't know how long he's with, but he's with, he just debuted on Noah. So those were my, like uh, those two. And uh, also Dave Dutra, like those three were like my riding buddies. Like we would always go up and down California from Sacramento, drive six hours to LA, do a show, turn around right back and then. Uh, I had a day job at the time, so we'd do it on a Sunday morning, leave at like 6 a.m., drive down there, <laughs> do a couple of shows, turn around, drive right back Sunday night, uh, get back around 2 a.m., and then go to work the next day. But thank God I don't have to do that anymore. But <laughs> those were good times. <laughs> and, so, and then, you know, like, and then when you, when you go over to, like, New Japan, uh, you tend to kind of float towards the, the other uh, the other gaijins, if you will. So, it, I mean, it just all depends on the setting. Uh, but... 
Um, I still have my uh, good friends to this day where, you know, uh, if we don't contact on a daily or a weekly, uh, whether it be monthly, it's still like there's no time has passed. So, yeah, I mean, I still got I still got a good core group. Um, I won't say who it is now because, uh, yeah, that's just for uh, uh, purposes. I won't say that. But yeah. Oh, man. You're with the homies at GKW. You can say you're not going to break the news here. No one's listening. It's just us. I mean, I'll, I'll let you guys know as soon as we, as when we get off the air. Like, oh. <laughs> but yeah, unbelievable. Hey, yeah. babe, to the end. <laughs> In terms of wrestling, Jeff, your style is so unique. Just you know, your size, your speed—it's not something you often see from guys. Who are some of the guys that you watch either coming up or when you were learning that you said, "Hey, this is something I sort of want to be like in the ring." Um, well, when I was younger, I mean, I loved like Hulk Hogan got me into wrestling. Okay. Um, as I got a little bit uh, older and closer to start training, uh, I definitely loved the way that uh, Mr. Perfect Kurt Haining used to just, I mean, do everything like wrestling, uh, selling, just moveset. Like he was really cool. So um, like early on my, in my career, like if you find some uh, old Hawaii stuff, I did a lot of Kurt, uh, Kurt Henning stuff uh, with a little mixture of uh, Kurt Angle and Taz as well. So uh, those were the three. And then um, when I moved to California, uh, my trainer out there mentioned uh, you should check out like uh, Gary Albright stuff, uh, some Japan Vader, <laughs> where you just like and clocking these these fools in the head. <laughs> so, so he's like, "Yeah, watch those." I'm like, "Well, I don't really want to be doing that." Uh, so. <laughs> But uh, definitely like, Gary Albright was somebody that was really cool because uh, he was just a, he was another bigger dude, but he had an amateur wrestling background, a very, uh, very very prolific amateur wrestling background, and he was just suplexing fools left and right. And I I, I saw that and I was like, that dude's cool, man. <laughs> so Jeff, I, I've mentioned you're one half of the IWGP Tag Team Champs. You are a former ROH World Television Champ, former Never Openweight Champ in New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. You, you've had a lot of great experiences. What else is left on the list? What other dream matches do you have, opponents you want to face? Uh, oh, on a selfish level, uh, I definitely, definitely uh, want to face uh, Shingo Takagi again. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people liked our match from 2020's Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, just, he said, a lot of people said it was just like big meaty men hitting each other, which was true. Uh, but, uh, it was for the Never Open Championship, which I wanted back. Um, fortunately I came out on the short in that night, but, uh, you know, I definitely want to, definitely want to fight him again. And, you know, uh, with the G1 coming up which is pretty cool because they announced some of the, uh, actually they announced the whole field and uh, looking at it, there's some new guys that are coming in that I haven't had a chance to fight in the new Japan ring. Um, as soon as the card was announced, I already got tagged and ton of stuff. And there, everybody's like, well, we want to see you and Jonah wrestle in a new Japan ring. And um, we, there's been a, a few teases um, on some of the new Japan strong stuff. And, um, you know, I, I don't make the blocks. So, uh, but the only thing is, I, I mean, hopefully if we're, if we're not in the same block, then I guess uh, we'd have to fight in the finals. And uh, if you remember last year, I went eight and zero in the G1. And, uh, but uh, although Alcada did beat me in the final day, uh, that's another one that I, I want to run back again. I need another match with Okada. Jeff, for those that have not uh, seen this, you, could you tell everybody about the experience of being in Japan in which, you know, the, that wrestling's front page news just like baseball is in that country where you have all the media that's covering it like it's the NBA finals or like any other sport in America? Can you just give us context of what that's like, the coverage of Japan for what you guys do? Um, it's, it's great because we have support from um, not just wrestling magazines, but also from mainstream media. Uh, whether that be TV shows, the news. Um, in fact, uh, on my flight uh, about two days ago from Japan to St. Louis for uh, AEW Dynamite last night, um, on the flight there, they had New Japan 
as one of the choices you could watch um, on one of the TV shows. Um, it, it wasn't a live one, but it was uh, from a few months ago. And it was pretty cool. Like a couple months prior to that, um, I just so happened to look on the TV on one of the one of my flights that I was taking. And it was uh, myself and uh, Okada from uh, from the Tokyo Dome. So I mean, it was cool to see. Uh, so that's, you know, when you have the support of not just just the wrestling, the wrestling niche, the little bubble of wrestling magazines or online wrestling articles, when you have the support of newspapers and TV shows and and uh, Japan Airlines, uh, a big, big, big airlines in Japan, you know, then you know you're doing something right where they're, they're seeing it not just from an entertainment standpoint, but from a from a sports perspective as well. And and I really appreciate that. And I, I love that. Uh, I love that aspect of it, of being in Japan for that reason. You've mentioned social media a couple of times, people tagging you, you know, wanting to face FTR, wanting to face Jonah. We talk about the negativity on social media a lot, but what are some of the positives from your perspective as a wrestler to having social media and fans having such access to you? Uh, I mean, it's definitely pros and cons. Uh, I mean, definitely the pros is you get to meet a lot of, people that you sometimes wouldn't meet on just on your shows alone like like uh i mean there's a ton of like new japan fans that aren't in just mainland or in america and japan you've got some people from like like asia from europe that you don't get to see on a regular but you can still interact with them and you can still you know they could still reach out to you and send you you know if it whether it's a positive or negative message and and usually uh and i'm very grateful and thankful that a majority of them are positive messages um usually the negative ones i kind of just don't even i don't even bother with that because uh, yeah. it, it can be a very toxic place and and then you just go down this rabbit hole of arguing with somebody online and that's 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 kind of silly so i mean i got i got better stuff to do in my day i don't want to <laughs> be yelling at somebody exactly across the world um who could be real, who could be not, who has a, in their profile picture is Sasha Banks. So am I arguing with Sasha Banks? No. I'm not arguing with them. <laughs> so, you know, like those kind of things, I, uh, I try not to uh, get sucked into that, the negative side. I love to focus on the positive side and, and just hearing from like fans from where I don't, unfortunately, like, you know, if a fan from Portugal messages me or sends me, like tags me in something, the chances of us meeting are very, very rare, but, in that brief interaction, if I can give that person some sort of positivity, then that, and I'm all for it. New Japan Pro Wrestling coming up Los Angeles, June 19th. That's coming up this Sunday. Ignition, July 24th. They're going to be in Charlotte for a high alert. And of course, Forbidden Door featuring AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Sunday, June 2060 is one half of the IWGP Tag Team Champions, a member of United Empire. Jeff Cobb, thank you so much for taking your time and joining GK. Wait a minute. Tonight. Don't be wrapping the interview, man. I got I got a lot of questions to ask. I don't even hey, know what's gonna happen right at here, this Forbidden one, Door. He hasn't got no questions in, man. Get <laughs> oh, man. Questions. I got all these questions. If, 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 we got, wrestling if we have time. If we have time. I mean, oh man. <laughs> you can get some rest. Enjoy your night, Jeff. You can get some rest. You travel a lot. Hey, I'm oh. I, I'm all your guy. I'm all yours until you tell me to get off the air. So, <laughs> well, here let's throw one out. I, I got one more. It's part of the three count tomorrow night on SmackDown. A guy you've held tag team titles with, uh, Matt Riddle, competing for a world title. Is Matt Riddle going to be a world champion tomorrow night? You know what? Um, that was my tag partner. We were tag champs at PWG. Um, I'm going to go ahead. And, I'm not a betting man, but. I mean that fool can go in the ring, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the yeah new champ. Okay, look at that. There you oh, go. Wow. <laughs> Called wow. for a new champ. Yeah, man, and good for him too. If that's the case, at least he's in the mix. That's what I like, Jeff. That he's in the mix. He's worked hard. He's on in a, a nice platform. Hopefully, it works for him. Yeah, I'm, I mean that's you know I always support my friends, uh, and you know regardless if we're on the same company or different company, it doesn't matter that he's, he's my boy. I'm going to support him no matter what. Hoodie, you have, I mean, is, is that the last one? I mean, I know you've got the legal yeah. pad. Yeah, right. you know, 
Jeff's gonna come on with this again, and I'm gonna hit him with the 50 states wrestling and the and the Rock's mom. We'll talk about Hawaii wrestling. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about, man. I mean, that's all right. You know, Nick, Jeff, next time we'll get to all this stuff on the bottom margin here. We'll get to all that stuff. Or why, why don't we give you at least one? At least one. There you go. We'll get one there more out. One more. Throw one more at him, Jay Hood. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I'll do one. I'll do one. To ask about wrestling in Hawaii in that scene. I do have a book in my library down the hall here about 50 states wrestling and how uh, important it was uh, for uh, the state. Rocky Ma- Rocky Maivia's, um, uh the the Rock, his mom running the organization. What do you know about that? And what's the wrestling scene in Hawaii? Uh, is that the one that was written by uh, Ed Francis? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, Ed Francis. Yes. When he, uh, it's a funny story. When he, uh, when that book was published, um, myself and one of my other friends in the Hawaii wrestling scene, we were at the uh, the grand the grand debut of it at a at a luncheon. Uh, so I got to meet Ed Francis and uh, Russ Francis came down. So it was pretty cool to see them. Um, me personally, um, I didn't know too much about the Hawaii scene when I was younger, uh, just for the fact that I only knew WWF. Um, and then whatever, uh, like, whenever I went to the store, I would buy WWF magazines. And then at the same time, I would also buy, like, uh, like Insider Wrestling or PWI. I, anything I could find that was wrestling, like, I would spend my money on and I would just buy them. So I would read about things but I didn't know about the local scene when I was younger. Uh, my first interaction with the local scene was in, uh, let's say like 2000, when I moved back to Hawaii after I graduated high school. And I saw that they had like, there was an NWA affiliate at the time. There's a NWA Hawaii. And mm-hmm. they had a, sh- a local show on like public access or something. And I would catch it every now and then. And then because of that, I wanted to start training wrestling right out of high school. Um, at the time, it was uh, a guy named Lars Anderson was uh, yes. was running was running the training, and he wanted three thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars, and I had to pay it in full. And I was like, "I'm just an 18 year old kid out of high, or actually, I was 17 at the time. I was 17 year old kid out of high school. I don't have three thousand dollars to my name. I don't even have three hundred dollars to my name, let alone three thousand. So that kind of just killed my dreams for to be a pro wrestler in in 2000. But I mean, I guess it all kind of lines up. But uh, um, but yeah, so, I mean, throughout the years, I know from 2000 on, um, there, it was kind of in a, a lower, a mid to lower, it was kind of fluctuating a little bit. Um, I know with that NWA affiliate, they brought in guys like, uh, like Chono and Liger and, uh, really, really big names. They brought in Samoa Joe, uh, AJ Styles. So they had some big names coming into Hawaii. The, uh, uh, they didn't really advertise too well. So these mm-hmm. shows had these big names, but they only had like maybe like 200 people. So it was kind of rough. Uh, when I started training in 2000, at the beginning of 2009, there were two companies in Hawaii. There was uh, the one that I stuck with. And then there was also still that NWA affiliate kind of sort of, but that mm-hmm. one, they were doing shows in front of like nobody really. Uh <laughs> Wow. And at the time when I started training, uh, they were they were still they were in a in a growing phase as well. Uh, they my first uh, show where I worked security and did ring crew, uh, we had about fifteen people. So, and then it started going on an, <laughs> on, an on an upward swing. So uh, by the time I left Hawaii to move to the mainland, uh, mainland USA, uh, I mean we're averaging like two or three hundred a show which was a, a mm-hmm. big climb. And then on our bigger shows like that we did like twice a year um, at a, at a nice little ballroom community center kind of thing. Uh, we do like 500, 600. Um, and we still would have good, good people coming through. Like we had a bunch of dragging guys, like, uh, like I know Shingo, Sima, they all came through uh, dragon gate would stop in, in Hawaii coming back from when they do it there when they were doing like dragon gate USA stuff. So they would stop in Hawaii for a couple of days, pick up a booking, and just relax on the beach. So that, that was pretty cool about that. And then as of now, um, there's one company in Hawaii running and because of the pandemic kind of derailed their, they were on a good little up, upward swing. Um, interest in pro wrestling in Hawaii was coming back up. Pandemic hit kind of killed a little bit. So 
they just ran their first show last month. Um, from what I saw and talked to people, it was it was a sellout. Um, so they're doing a little bit smaller arena, trying to get their uh, feet on the ground running again. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to make it out there for a show or two just to kind of help and give back a little bit and, you know, give them, I mean, I don't want to say I want to give them a rub because, I mean, that's kind of a, I don't want to say it like that. I don't want to sound no, yes, statistical. Yes. yes. You don't want to say it. We can say it. You we would give it. them a rub. I mean, yeah. you're one half of the IWGP tag team champions for crying yeah. out loud. Yeah. I mean, I definitely want to give back and help out if I can. Uh, so if that opportunity arises and I have time in this crazy schedule, um, I would love to go back and, and help out as much as I can. Jeff, it has been a pleasure. I, for one, really hope you find a way onto that Forbidden Door card, even though, as you said, it doesn't matter. You're going to kick some ass anyway. doesn't matter who you're going up against. But we certainly appreciate the time. Look forward to talking to you again on GKW. No, oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Ed. Again, Jeff Cobb. Uh, check out uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Again, if you're in Los Angeles, coming up. They're going to be there this Sunday for an ignition taping. July 24th, they're going to be in Charlotte for High Alert. And, of course, they have Forbidden Door coming up June 26th. Did, did you get All enough right. questions in, Jay Hood? I, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, you got to save time for the next appearance he's going to make. I know, right? I mean, I'm glad he was gracious with his time. And I'm really looking forward to him seeing what he's going to do with AEW, more from New Japan. He's part of the G1 he mentioned. So I'm rooting for him because that's a, that's a powerhouse of a guy. I'm looking forward to his next thing. All right, so well, we left though, off at Jeff Hardy, I think. We talked yeah. about, real quick with Kyle, we talked about it before we went on. How do you book him for Forbidden Door? Like, where is he going to be? Uh, well, he would be uh, in the main event against, or one of the main events against Jay White. I mean, <laughs> Okay, <seriously>. that's why. <laughs> I mean. I mean, they, I mean, they, they seem like... to be teasing tag titles, but then, like, Gabe brought up the Bucks winning last yeah, night. Did that change things? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you do with the Bucks because the Bucks are clearly going to be on this card. I don't know who they go up against. But with with Adam Cole potentially not being involved in the IWGP title scene, maybe they do a trios match. Who knows? But, again, they seem to have been teasing some sort of FTR versus United Empire tag titles versus tag titles. And again, which I think would be unique because of Jeff Cobb's history with ROH as well. I think that could be potentially be, be interesting. Plus, no offense to the Bucks, FTR has been the best tag team in AEW this year. Yep. That is and, correct. All so, right. So, uh, so go back to number three. You were talking about Jeff yes. Hardy, right? <laughs> Jeff okay. Hardy. Is it time for Hardy to move on from the wrestling world? Vince, on the way up to Jeff Cobb, down to Jeff <laughs> peaks, peaks and valleys here at GKW. Okay. So with Jeff Hardy, quickly, because we're going to, this is going to have to be the speed round of GKW. Yeah. we got a lot to get to. I'll just – I'll make it brief. And Jeff just Cobb say, was number one. So this is number two. We're moving along. Oh, oh is it? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, with, 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 with Jeff Hardy, I, I agree with Gabe. Um you know, the problem is that companies keep hiring him. That's the problem. Uh, Jeff needs to take care of himself first. I don't need to see another Swanton bomb. I don't need to see him, you know, flying off a, a ladder anymore. I don't need to see that. I want Jeff Hardy to take care of himself and his family. And here's the problem. He goes to the WWE, and then he just jumps the rail and leaves. Now, if I'm another company, I'm thinking, well, if, if he's going to do that to Vince, is he going to do that to me? But no, nope, Tony Khan just had to have the Hardys. He just had to bring them back together. And see how that was short-lived? I'm yeah. old enough to remember a Jeff Hardy in which TNA thought, this is the right thing. We'll put the heavyweight championship on him. And he comes to the, to the arena in Orlando completely hammered. High, whatever it was, he was not prepared to wrestle. And he had to take on Sting. And it was just, you know, Eric Bischoff just pretty much propped him up in the corner so he could just be there for the three count to beat Sting, uh, for, for Sting to beat him. And he was completely hammered, but was in the ring. So he needs to take care of himself. That's the whole thing. I don't need to see him wrestle again. What I need to see him is to be, him to be happy and sober, and we can remember the good moments from Jeff Hardy. Yeah, I completely agree. And to your point, Hood, like, AEW, I think they're doing what they have to do. But even if they were to release him, he cleans up. He says he's good to go. There are indie companies lined up to hire him to say, hey, let's get WWE. We will bring him back. There's yeah. no question oh, yeah. they bring him back. Mm -hmm. There's no question. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's the unfortunate part. And, like, it's crazy. Like, three arrests in the last three years. 
he's fortunate in the fact that like no one else has gotten hurt. Like we see it in football. We saw it with Henry Ruggs last year. Like it was a one-time mistake and someone lost their life. Like Jeff Hardy, I guess, fortunately hasn't gotten to that point. And you almost want to say yet, which is sad to say, but like wrestling's not helping at this point. I don't know what does. I interviewed him a year or so ago and he seemed to be cleaning things up, seemed to be turning it around, but something's not right right now. And, you know, it definitely is a sickness. Yeah. And I know AEW and Tony Khan put out their statement where they said, Hey, these are the parameters for you to potentially return. Yeah. I, I, I don't need to see another Swanton man. Like take care yeah. of yourself. Like you have given the world of professional wrestling. You have given the fans of professional wrestling more than enough. Like take care of yourself, man. Like just take care of yourself because I, I, I personally as, as a wrestling fan, like I want you to be able to enjoy some of the road, you know, some of the flowers that are going to be given to you as you continue to get older. WWE will bring you back for the Hall of Fame. AEW, you know, I'm sure will keep you around. Just like take care of yourself, whatever that means. Just take yeah. care of yourself. That's that's what I hope for Jeff Hardy. That's and and I, I yeah that that's that's all I can say about Jeff is I hope he gets better and yeah. and I hope he can find a way to take care of himself and find some sort of peace. Uh, All right, what's next? Yeah, we All teased right. it a little bit with uh, with did. our guest. We teased number three on the three count with Jeff Cobb. He made his prediction. He thinks we're seeing a new world champ tomorrow night, Brian. All right, so I'll change it up a little bit for you guys. What percent chance do you put on the fact that Riddle is taking home the world titles, plural, tomorrow night on SmackDown? I mean, I appreciate Jeff's, you know, <laughs> confidence in his boy. <laughs> But it's zero. Like it is. It the is. Gabe wouldn't egg. say that Jeff Cobb's face, though. He waited to see that zero. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you see the size of Jeff Cobb. I'm terrified. <laughs> terrified of him. If it, yes, sir. Yes, Mr. Cobb. Yes, I absolutely agree, Mr. Cobb. Riddle is going to be the undisputed heavyweight champion of the day of the world, without a doubt. I mean, so why is Roman wrestling Riddle? Why do you need that on TV? How come that's so, not on a pay-per-view? According to Dave Meltzer, part of the reason is because they don't really value those premium live events, whereas they already got Peacock. Like, you're going to watch it. They're already whatever. But you get some extra eyes on SmackDown, and you get that ratings pop tomorrow night. Like, they're going to value that more than say, hey, come watch Money in the Bank, which hopefully people are going to watch for actual Money in the Bank. So that's according to Meltzer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is such a long also, conversation. Riddle loses. He cannot challenge Roman for the titles anymore. Is the stiff they Okay, so okay, okay, so uh, boy, boy, it, it like a Tony Khan stipulation, right? <laughs> Cody will never, <laughs> never compete for the championship again. Okay, so, but Gabe, Brian, here's what you do. You know, Orton more than likely is going to be out for the rest of the year, mm-hmm. and it, and they're trying to push Riddle. Thank you for pushing Riddle. I got no problem with that. But you don't need this match on Friday. I want to build toward. I want more wins for Riddle to it, say that it maybe it's the main event of SummerSlam. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. But just build it. You don't need it. Like again, you're against the, the Stanley Cup Final, or you're against other. You don't need to bury that on a Friday night. I don't need to see that. Then give me something that I can sink my teeth into by saying. Okay, in Nashville and SummerSlam, that's going to be the main event because Riddle won all these matches leading up to SummerSlam. At least it's something. Now, it, now if you're going to close the door on Riddle and say he'll never be able to compete for the championships again, then I can't see him as a singles champion ever, ever again. Why not? I mean, he's over. So why would it's you only with Roman on as the champ? That, that was their out. They said Roman as the champ, so they're, yeah, they're out there. Let's be honest. I mean, Riddle's not exactly young. Like he's not. I mean, I, I know he plays a character that's a little that seems a little bit younger, but he is not actually himself. Like this young twenty-year-old up-and-coming guy. No, he's in his mid-thirties. And when are the belts actually going to come off of Roman? Like right. you can throw that stipulation on there and be like, okay, maybe Riddle at some point. Man, Riddle's hot right now. You could ride him. I'm not saying he should beat Roman Reigns, but yeah, throwing that stipulation on there seems to be just a meaningless stipulation. And again, makes you kind of, it, it, it telegraphs to me the outcome, even though it was already telegraphed. Like if, if I already know that he's not going to win, why am I going to watch SmackDown? I don't like that stip. That stip is not necessary. Just if you're going to have the match, have the match. I just think if, again, you're not against anything. It's Friday night SmackDown. <laughs> Right, I mean, you don't have to do this, but you want to do it. That's fine. I but the traditional wrestling fan in me says that you put that on a pay per view, so I can look forward to it. Now, still, hey, Roman still get over, 
but I know that that stipulation is not necessary for this match. And why can't – and, like, I wish it was for, like, one of the championships because at least we'd have another world champion around there, Correct. right? Someone's got to be around every week. But that's 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 the part that I just can't seem to understand or wrap my head around about the WWE unifying these two titles. And we saw it before. Becky Lynch walked out of WrestleMania as Becky Two Belts not that long ago. And then she dropped one and then kept the other. You know, had to wrestle two matches in one night, two different But she was on defenses. TV doing that. Tomorrow she night was. is the first time Roman's defending since Mania. It's the end of June. But he's defending both. Like, why Why can't we do why – we, why can't – again, presumably the reason you unify them is so you can get your hottest star, your biggest star on both programs, on both Raw and SmackDown. And I mean, we haven't seen Roman on much of WWE, premium live events, television, anything since WrestleMania because of the new contract that he has. But like, how? Why are? Why can't you split these so at least we have one champion who's going to be consistently there? That's why you could get away with it when you had Brock because he was only taking one title. You, it just I, I can't. Someone make it make sense. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> okay, so we all agree it's zero percent that Riddle will win the championships. Correct. Correct. If he wins the championships, we're going to be on the air. On Friday night, yep. it could be at a bowling alley. It could be at a bar. Yep. It could be a dinner. It could be. It could be to with Gabe's future in-laws. Whatever, right? <laughs> Where you just fired up, Brian? Fired right. up. If he wins the championship, that'll be breaking news. Okay, so that is true. We'll guarantee. Can we grant guarantee you that? Yes, hundred percent. I am 100% a hundred percent with you. I'll be at the movies on Friday night. Okay. I will step out of the theater. Actually, I'll broadcast from the theater. And, I, <laughs> and, and we will we will have a, a GKW pop-up show again Can you if, imagine if he wins the championships. The people around Jay Hood just hushing him as he's trying to watch Top Gun. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Honest to God. I, wherever we are, Brian, fire it up. You're going to be with your kids at the pool. Uh-huh. Close the pool. Fire it up. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Riddle's the champion, damn it. Let's get excited. The Riddle run. I mean, they they put themselves in this corner. It's on them. Like, they obviously didn't know Roman was taking times off, right? Like, I guess it's a two-week thing is how time off requests work in the WWE. He just gave him a heads up two weeks before. That was okay. Like, they put themselves in this position. And here we are. I just – and here's – AEW is not in a position to really take advantage either of, no. of Roman not being there recently because, again, is as exciting as the pay-per-view for Forbidden Door will be. It'll be a really good pay-per-view, mm-hmm. but the build for it has been very all over the place, confusing. Like, I, I'm, I'm trying to put pieces together as it happens. Like I still I, – I would have to look up. Because who Jericho is fighting with and against. Yeah. <laughs> because he came out last night in the way they interrupted, and then he kind of stumbled through who Ooh, he's yeah. going to be fighting with and the new members of the Jericho Appreciation Society. It was all very convoluted. Like, and, and that's just kind of been the build to Forbidden Door. Again, once that pay-per-view starts and you let the wrestlers do their thing in the ring, I'm sure I'm going to be entertained. But that's not to say that the build to it was good, much like Hey, I've been entertained by I was entertained by WrestleMania Backlash for the most part. You know, that was that was fun. You know, same thing with Hell in a Cell, especially when Cody, you know, came out and wrestled with the torn pack. It was entertaining. Again, that doesn't mean that the build to it was good. And that's where I'm at right now with Forbidden Door. They they can't take advantage of the missteps WWE is having because they're having their own missteps. Yeah, and to add to that, uh, we go to news and notes, a couple things here, AEW related. Last night, the ratings for Dynamite, 761,000. That's down 20% from last week. Their lowest number since October. They still were number two on cable, so I guess something there. And then Forbidden Door stuff, Andrade and Lucha Bros not allowed to appear due to their AAA and CML relationship, and also a couple matches announced last night. Jay White will defend the IWGP World title. We don't know against who. Osprey will defend the IWGP US title against Orange Cassidy, and then they also added Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm, the AEW women's title will come at Forbidden Door. So a lot of AEW news and notes. Just want to throw those out there. Yeah, so um, with Jay White, I, I imagine that's Hangman Page, right, based on what we saw in St. Louis at Dynamite? We imagine, I right? I mean, what he said was, no, it's not. It's not him, and it's not Cole. 
Okay. So, I mean, that I means mean, it, it could only be one person then, right? A returning Kenny? Yeah, but, like, everything says he's not but, ready yet. And especially because, you know, the pay-per-view is 10 days away. So, like, to right. just... I mean, the one name I throw out to from a sheer fantasy standpoint, and really there's no build at all, is Joe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I, I just I won't complain. Guys, 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 listen. You you just can't pause your your momentum in AEW for this. Yeah. And the reason why is pretty simple. As much as we, all three of us know something about New Japan or seen some of the pay-per-views and know about G1, again, you have to be able to connect to a greater audience than just people that are on the inside. New Japan does not have a timely weekly show. They've got something on Access TV that's two or three weeks behind, but it's not like every week where you can see Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, um, to be able to see Rampage, you, you know, even Impact. At least it's on TV where you can find it. I mean, with New Japan, can you? I'm sure the people yeah, in St. Louis is watching like, okay, so who is this now? And who is the right. United <laughs> Like, Like, you, you can't do that. So all the momentum you have with AEW, whatever it is, right, you stop it for New Japan, which is for some people a niche product. Well, and and look, I understand the appeal of it because you were able to, and now you get to boast that you sold out the United Center without announcing a damn match. Like tickets for it went like that, but now it's coming at the cost. You're right of your television product at a very important point, by the way, with a merger happening, and you just had their big show in Los Angeles and. It seems that's a very important point to pause your product. And, I mean, I don't think this is CM Punk related because they were still doing, prior to CM Punk arriving last September, they were, you know, 850, 900. Like, this dipped big. And the only thing that you can point to is the confusion around what Forbidden Door is going to be. And also, like, you know, they talk about competition. The 939,000 a week ago was against the NBA Finals. Last night, the Stanley Cup's on, but, like, you know, hockey is what it is in this country. Like, that shouldn't really be pulling from it. Like, that is a big dip, and I think it is, you know, reason for concern. And everyone always jokes, like, oh, big announcement next week, big surprise. But they have to be concerned, and we talked about it, whereas, you know, the three of us that are watching a lot of wrestling, talking a lot of wrestling, this is very inside. Like, we talked about it a lot with Bischoff's comment, and I was one saying, like, no, it's whatever, it's fine. But it's somehow, like, narrow-casted even more now. Like, there are guys showing up the last couple of weeks, I don't know who they are. And, you know, just seeing that stuff, like, I could understand being a casual fan and be like, I don't want to watch this. Like, I've never seen these guys. Like, I'll catch you in a month. And then hopefully, you know, it's back to normal then. So, it, interesting to see. Obviously, it's only one more week of Bill, but curious to see how they respond to it. Yeah. Uh, and as, as far as St. Louis is concerned, uh, you know, traditional, you know, fine wrestling town. I have friends of mine from St. Louis. And I say, hey, you going to AEW? No, the Cardinals playing the Pirates. I'm like... So you're going to Bush instead? Like, yeah, Cardinals are in town because it means that much in that town, right? Yeah, right? Baseball means everything in St. Louis. I'm like, yeah, but the, at the at the um, the arena, nah, I'm going to the Cardinal game. I don't know why AW ran against the Cardinals. I, I don't know why they did that, but they did. So it just the the action's fine, and Gabe is 100 right. As we always say on this show, we always say the builds don't make sense, but once it's in the ring, it's going to be fine. I don't know why Tony Khan's doing this because I just think that you had momentum going with AEW and now for this pet project with New Japan, you're doing this and you're and all you got you know, fifty or seventy-five wrestlers in the back and they're like, Well, I'd be out there, but sorry, some guy from New Japan's out there, or here comes a tag team, or here comes a female wrestler that no one's ever seen. So I gotta take a back seat. So I mean, this is what they're doing. We'll see. Well, I'll throw this out there. Last time we talked big AEW was the MJF stuff. Like, are they relying on that being in the back pocket? Forbidden Door happens, you're done with New Japan. That Wednesday, somehow you progress MJF. Like, he's back out there again. And you get some more eyes on you that way and get and say, hey, this is us, this is who we are. Let's go back and start that momentum again. I mean, selfishly... I, I suppose, yeah. Selfishly, I hope he comes out because I'm going to be there on Wednesday in oh, Milwaukee. <laughs> like, selfishly, I hope they bring out MJF. That'd be fantastic. I'd be all in on that. That'd be great. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, do we have any other news and notes we need to get to, Brian? 
Yeah, the other one to throw out there, we sort of talked on it. Uh, Fightful reporting Randy Orton reportedly out for the rest of 2022. Man, so a lot of injuries in wrestling. I mean, it, it, we're not even to July 1st yet, and we've got yeah. a litany of injuries, including Randy Orton. But you know you're going to get that with a veteran wrestler, you know, CM Punk before this and a number of other ones. So, But, again, with Riddle's in, with uh, Orton's injury, Riddle has an opportunity to shine as a single. Yeah, and it just makes the return of Cena that much bigger in a couple of weeks for WWE. And, and I guess we still don't know if it's a one-time thing for Cena, if he's going to be around. So I think, again, with Randy Orton, who are they're building, as potentially a big baby face to go up against Roman Reigns at one of these big shows that they're building towards. It, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that going forward, especially after tomorrow night's match against Riddle. Uh, what was your match, match of, of the week? week? <laughs> yes. What do you got, Jay? What's match of the week? Uh, well, it's Dax against Osprey. I think that's number one on my list. I just think that da- you know, the wrestling internet community is, is having this big push for Dax to be the wrestler of the year already. And he's oh, yeah. had some phenomenal matches. It's not about him losing or winning. It's just about him just dedicating matches to Bret Hart and to pure wrestling fans. Him and Osprey were that was fantastic. But to be in the what in the first hour of the card, yeah. Yeah. that was an amazing, amazing match. Yeah, I thought I they agree. would open with it. I thought they were yeah. gonna open with it, to be honest, because you knew that the ladder match was gonna be the main event. So a lot of times when they have kind of those two big matches, they'll open with the one. I was surprised they didn't open with Dax versus Osprey. Yeah, I guess they put so much in the hair versus hair, but yeah, that match, Dax and Osprey, and like Dax is so good that, like, those false finishes, like, he had me, was like, what, was Osprey going to lose to Dax on a dynamite? Like, he had me <laughs> believing. Like, that, he hooked me enough to believe that that was going to happen. Like, that was an outstanding match. <laughs> why do you, you got to take out Dax like that? He's going to lose to Dax on I a just, Wednesday? <laughs> it's Osprey. <laughs> Dax is the is wrestler the- of the year. It's funny because, like, the, my two top matches is Dax and Osprey, and then the six-man trios match with FTR and Trent Beretta against the Aussie Open and Will Ospreay. I'm going to have to do a deep dive on the Aussie Open because yeah. I loved what I saw there. Those two. Good Lord. Those are <laughs> monsters. Yeah. So yeah, and-, t- and, then, and then Sheamus and McIntyre. I thought I had a good match, too, on SmackDown. All right. It's nice of you to throw them a bone. You know, we haven't seen that one before. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like read your face. Like, <laughs> is he bluffing? Is he actually? No. Okay. He's here. Okay. No, it's right here. It's, okay. it's, it's Seamus, Seamus and, and McIntyre because they were sweaty and they were beating the hell out of each other. And so I'm like, yeah, you know what? Pretty good physical match. Not bad. Okay. I like it. Cool. All right. I like it. All right. We before, and we understand it's been a little bit of a longer episode of GKW before we go. I mean, we've been waiting around mm-hmm. for an hour and two minutes, 38 seconds now, for Brian Rowitz's review of the pay-per-view that everybody was talking about over the weekend. NWA always, with a Z, ready. So I'm going to start with, but I want to say no offense, but I think there's only offense is the way it sort of comes off. Yeah, that was painful to watch. Um, <laughs> that was the show was way too long. It was over three and a half hours. I enjoyed N- NXT's In Your House more than it. Ooh, it was sloppy. Wow. There literally were two different moments in this three and a half hour show where a guy came off the top rope and his boot got caught in the top turnbuckle. Like Damian <laughs> Sandow or Aaron Stevens, as he's now, like literally was stuck because his, his boot was stuck on the top turnbuckle. It was his retirement match. He had to go like that. That happened twice. We had a cameraman fall down on an entrance. Uh, the cameraman form. fell down. Yes, What'd he's like say? backpedaling and down the camera went. <laughs> what? Uh, what a, uh, Wait a minute. That can't happen in Knoxville. Did that happen in Knoxville, Tennessee? A guy fell down? A, re- a cameraman? Good yes. God. You can't do that. Uh, Tim Storm at the announce desk was literally in the dark. I don't know if like the light went out or something, but he's in the dark. I had to look up if it was like part of his angle or a gimmick or something. There was so much. We talked about 
Yeah, like, oh, he's the guy in the dark. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, no, that's really? all you really? need to know about okay. NWA is that Brian oh, could think that that was a gimmick for somebody who's just like, I guess he broadcasts in the dark. That's what he does. That's his thing. Color analyst Tim Storm broadcasts in the dark. Boy, Billy Billy Corrigan is never going to invite you to a concert. No, I don't Ever think again. so. I, I mean, oh we talk about too many belts. There were eight title matches. They have seven titles. They had two uh, junior championship matches. There were seven titles in the NWA. Like that's what, yeah, there was a, I don't even remember what they called it, but it's sort of a money in the bank S cash in from Colby Carino. So homicide defended his title twice on Sunday uh, or okay. Saturday, whatever, whatever the heck it was. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, not good. No. But what about is Trevor Murdoch is the NWA champion again, right? Yeah. You had an hour to figure that out for Ryder to come out, which they were teasing all night that he was going to be in the main event. So we talk about lying to fans and then he comes out, Gives up the title, but they do a good 10 minutes of Corgan and Ryder talking to each other about how he needs to give it up, but off mic. Like, they're just sitting there talking in the ring, and the announcer's like, oh, you can see, like, he's very bothered. He doesn't want to give it up. And then four different guys come out, and they have a four-way for the title. Yeah. I almost purchased their, whatever they call it, like, it's 50 bucks for the year, and you get every pay-per-view. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's worth it to do that. And I was like, eh, let me just buy the one. Great financial decision by me. That I left that saying like I'm glad I'm not gonna watch it anymore. Maybe we need to get uh, a GK, GKW account, and that's gonna be punishment. <laughs> We're gonna have to rotate through yeah. the pay per views. It's gonna be punishment for one of us that will have to watch NWA, whatever their next pay per view is. Yeah. So uh, lastly, a couple of notes. Vikram, who's always there for us, that uh, continues to watch our show on YouTube and listen to the podcast at Good Karma Wrestling says. What about Lashley and Roman on for SummerSlam? That seems likely, right? I guess. Well, it's, it's either Lashley or it's McIntyre, right? Like those are the only. But I thought the they're saving McIntyre for Europe. Oh yeah, they're gonna. That's right. So it's got to be Lashley for SummerSlam. Has to be, because yeah, if 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 Randy Orton's out of the picture, there's literally nobody else unless they do John Cena. I think Jake says. I think that says Jake says probably a long shot, but could Vince. Could, we, could he be taking back the company as a private, I guess, owner? Uh, could that be a last-ditch effort? No, so, I mean, I think I think Gabe had it right. Like, he's going to be in the job or be the CEO's uh, and chairman of the company as long as he wants. Yeah, because he has the controlling interest. And as Brian said, I mean, the only way he gets ousted, and this is if the company is public, if it's the company's private, if NBC Universal or Fox start pressuring him about the TV deals, about the Peacock deal, that's the only way he would get forced out is if it would financially impact the company to the point where he would go. But even then, man, like even then, like, I don't know, <laughs> Vince just might like be like, I'll figure it out. I'll do something else. Like, and yeah, I'll he'll run the NWA. That'll be his new toy. <laughs> he'll run the NWA. <laughs> I, love, I love the idea that he met analysts in the dark as a gimmick. That is the best <laughs> That is the freaking best. I love that. Like, you, what did you type into nice Google? <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I think it was something along the lines of Tim Storm in the dark and nothing came up. So, yeah. so, so it could be his gimmick. We don't yeah. know. It could be. Who could really say for sure? Who knows oh, for by sure? The boy, by, by, the, by the way, how brutal is the Velvet Sky on the broadcast? Yeah. <sighs> brutal. Every part of it. Like Brutal. It, yeah, not I. I don't know. I don't know how. I'm glad they ha- there. I'm all for more options for wrestling fans, but that ain't my cup of tea. <laughs> well, we won't make Brian watch NWA this week. <laughs> Although you know, maybe we will in the future, and you can look forward to more reviews from Brian Rowe. It's it's going to be once again. You never know. It seems like big news comes out each and every week. The one thing you do know for sure is next Thursday we will be right here talking about it on GKW.